Welcome to the Alchemy of Business Show with your host, Steve Rogers. The Alchemy of Business Show is a podcast that mixes practical, actionable business solutions with soulful insights for anyone seeking deeper meaning in their lives and greater success in their work. Steve will be featuring purpose-driven leaders from all walks of life and getting insight into their journeys from failures to triumphs. So tune in to transition, transform, and evolve in every dimension of your business and life. And now your host of the Alchemy of Business show, Steve Rogers. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for joining the Alchemy of Business show. We appreciate you being here, whether you are listening on your iPhone, in your car, Maybe you happen to be watching this on video online somewhere, but regardless, thank you very much for being here. This is where we are talking about wiser decisions, greater profits, and higher purpose. And those are great topics that blend into your personal life, your professional life, or anything you're trying to create on this planet. So welcome. I am very thrilled today to have our guest. We have someone who actually I'm affiliated with from not only being a friend and associate of mine, but also from a group that I'm a part of. Uh, from Marshall Goldsmith. Some of you may know Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, he's a, a pretty notable character and an amazing man who does a lot of stuff globally. And he created something called The 100 Coaches um, after he was looking to pay it forward in the world, after he's written numerous books, coached many CEOs throughout the world. And I met this gentleman, Mr. Rhett Power, who's going to be on the show today uh, through this network. And we become friends. We're on masterminds together. He helps co-facilitate a accountability uh, group that we're a part of. But Rhett is an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, he co-founded Wild Creations in 2007, which was a startup company with toys. Now, how can you not love a guy who helped build, create, and distribute toys? So I want to learn more about that. But in this uh, company, he was uh, the top 75 U.S. companies by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. So I want to hear about his toys and how he got into playing with toys as an adult from uh, a kid. He was also a finalist for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2011, and was nominated again in 2012. He was named one of the world's top 100 business bloggers in 2018. He's a phenomenal writer. I've read a lot of his stuff. And he was named the best small business coach in the United States. He's written for Inc. He's written for Forbes. He's also uh, been named as the number one thought leader of entrepreneurship by Thinker360. Um, he's also uh, a fellow institute of the uh, McLean Hospital and Harvard Medical School affiliate. Uh, Rhett is also a father and a husband and a global traveler. I'm going to talk to him about his global travel today, but he's also the co-founder of Courageous Leadership, and he takes the uh, accountability of leadership, but also ties it into this word and this concept and this thinking and life living of being courageous. So we're going to talk a lot about with him about that today. Um, he also has a, a couple best-selling books, but one of his latest ones is called The Entrepreneur's Book of Actions. And we're going to learn more about his book, some of his magazine writings. And he's also, he can't talk a lot about it yet because it's kind of top secret, but he's been recently on a show that's been taped called Four Days to Save the World. Now, man, we got to find out how he's going to do that because does this world need some saving in some ways? Absolutely. So let's bring on Mr. Rhett Power. And uh, here you go, Mr. Power with a great name like Power. Welcome. Welcome here. Steve, thank you. Uh, what an introduction, man. I don't know that I can uh, live up to all that, but that's we're going to give it a shot. <laughs> well, isn't it funny when we read our bio sometime and we think about like how many years we've been on the planet in like a year or a decade or when we go, wow, I really did do that. 
So right. you must be amazed when I'm like doing this going, wow, because even though it's cool, you actually did those things, right? So that's kind of very cool. Yeah, they were all done with varying degrees of success, but you know, yeah. <laughs> or not. I, as life is, no doubt. Well, welcome, Rhett. Well, hey, let's talk about, let's talk about toys for a minute. So obviously you were born like we all were as a kid growing up. You had toys. You probably had a love of toys and sports and different things. So how did you grow from being able to play with toys as a kid, actually building a company that became very sex successful around toys? Well, as most roads in our life are pretty curvy, you know, there's not one one straight line of a road that we all go down. Mine, you know, took a lot of curves. I, um, after school, I uh, got involved with Clear Channel Communications and I worked with Clear Channel for about five years and then uh, left to go on the Peace Corps. And after two years in the Peace Corps, uh, we were in Central Asia, 9-11 uh, happened. And so I, I stayed on with USAID, uh, which is the U.S. government's uh, development uh, organization and, and agency, and uh, worked in Central Asia to bring economic development to the post-Soviet uh, Central, uh, Central Asian countries. Uh, we were also there combating terrorism, and um, the prevailing sort of wisdom at the time was that you know, if we help create jobs and we help create this more robust economy, then people wouldn't turn to terrorism and to extremism. And so that that took me through uh, 2005 and 2006. And then, you know, I got that. One of the things I define my life by are these moments where I listen to what my gut was saying. I listen to what my intuition or that little voice. We'll talk about the book later about that little voice that's inside your head. I, you know, I've listened to that, that voice and, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I define that all. I, I talk about sometimes about quitting and you know, I've quit a lot of different things, a lot of different careers to start others. And I, and it was all because I was listening to that inner voice that said it's time to do something else. So I left uh, USAID and it wasn't just, I didn't have this vision of a toy company. What we decided we wanted to do was to start our own company. We wanted to grow something. We wanted to bring our management and our beliefs and our, our culture, the culture that we wanted to create in a company to whatever it was we we found. And so we looked and looked and looked and we even found a dead body removal company that had a, a three, and half, three and a half million dollar EBITDA uh, patents on body bags. But I just couldn't get excited. We looked at gutter companies and pest control companies. We looked at all kinds of companies to buy. And my lawyer brought me this 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 uh, this this little piece of paper, uh, you know, we were getting pretty frustrated. We couldn't find anything that we were excited about. And he brought me this piece of paper and said, if you buy this company, I'm going to disown you. This is a terrible company. And of course that's the company we bought. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was run horribly. It was a little run one product toy company in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, but we fell in love. We absolutely fell in love with the product and we knew that we could scale it. We knew that we could grow it. We turned that product two years later into the toy of the year uh, across the country. Wow. Man, talk about what you just weaved in in that, that summer there. Thank you very much. I mean, that you at a, at a younger age were out looking at the global impact of what's happening in the world from some major issues. I mean, you're talking about terrorism, how to you know how to prevent attack or get people in understanding cultures and then to toys to profit, to following your gut and instinct. So there's a lot to unpack there, which I love. 
So you, 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 for one of the things I want to go back on is the follow your gut. Obviously, if you were courageous enough, which we're going to talk about courageous leadership in a few minutes, and you went to become in the Peace Corps uh, and then traveled to these countries that a lot of people may not be open to being that adventurous. Did you always have this follow your gut, this courageous kind of knowing, and then you defined it as you grew through these things that you, you know, so let's talk a little bit about that following your gut and courageous on all of these things that you did. And I want to come back to some of those and unpack those particular projects. I think my parents probably would have defined it. I, I mean, I did. I went over to Europe when I was uh, 17. I went to Washington to be a, a Senate page when I was uh, six, 17 again. Um, you know, I, I, I think I always had my, my parents would probably call it this recklessness or this adrenaline junkie kind of thing. You know, I, 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 I uh, it's getting better as I get older. But you know, I've always been willing to try anything and do anything and and give it a shot. I, I, I kind of feel like I, I one of the things I don't I, I guess maybe it scares me. Maybe it's a fear of mine. Maybe that's something that you and I should talk about. But it's a fear that drives me to say, I don't you know, I don't want to sit on my porch when I'm 85 and say, what could I have done or what mm-hmm. what did, what I what didn't I do? Yes. Or why didn't I try that? What you know, and have those regrets. Like I, I just, that, that, that worries me. And so I don't want to have regrets. And did you, did it worry you from a very young age or did it worry you as you became more of a mature adult? When did that start worry start happening? I don't know. I, I, I can't really identify it at 20. I think I was probably just seeking adventure, uh-huh. but I think deep down, I think I was, I wanted to live. I wanted to live on my own terms. I think the way I look at it now is I've always wanted to live on my own terms and, and live on, on my own, in my own way, which I, you know, whichever way I thought was best for me. And I think that that's probably where that comes from. Got it. Well, this, this, so thank you for sharing that. And I think you've instilled that you have a couple boys, correct? I do. And you, and I know you're a proud papa. I know we have a few pictures of your sons or some soccer stuff. They, or you do in here. So did you carry that, that follow live life to the fullest, you know, follow your passions, like your son's playing soccer or, traveling the world with you or different things. So it's, have you uh, instinctively and with intent carried what you just said onto your children? Cause you said my parents uh, reluctantly, you're like your parents reluctantly like, Oh my God, this rec guy, what the hell uh, are you a saying, come on guys, be more adventurous or follow your gut or, you know, too bad. It's fearful. Do it anyway. Are you parenting that way? Like you're living as well? I try to. I mean, they they we picked them up when when they were 10 months when my oldest was 10 months old, moved to Kazakhstan. You know, I mean, um, I kind of feel like that's the the best thing I can do for them is to give them. You know, I just wrote I wrote it's interesting that you asked me that. I just wrote to my son's uh, senior thing for his senior, you know, the back of the yearbook kind of little blurb that you do. Uh I'm sure you've done those. And one of the things I said in there was, you know, take everything that we've given you, um, the good and the bad and, and learn from it. But from what we haven't taught you, you know, have the courage to seek it out. And and to me, that's what I want him to have or both of them to have is to have the courage just to seek and to learn and to be curious and to to take life, take life on head on, you know, and 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 um, and be courageous enough to to. Go out and live it on your own terms. You know, don't live the life you think I should. I, I expect of you. Don't live the life that 
somebody else says that you have to live, live your own life and, and do what you want to do um, so that you're proud at the end of your days that, that you, you know, there was a, it was a life of significance. Wow. Well, I love that life of significance. So we're going to wrap up on that and come back from a, a, a quick break. But uh, listeners or viewers, life of significance, toy companies, profits, learning how to make all this happen and learning about Rhett's book is something you should come back and listen to, I hope, because we're going to dig much deeper into this. So thank you, Rhett. And let's uh, come back and talk about life of significance. Welcome back to the Alchemy of Business Show. We're here with Mr. Rhett Power. We're talking about global travel, raising kids, building companies, including toy companies. But we wrapped up on a topic about life of significance and wanting to create that. So Rhett, let's jump back into that. We, we talked about a lot in a short amount of time on that first segment. But in this life of significance, you also tie that into uh, courageous living. And I know you are a founder and, and running organization about courageous leadership. And I also know that you have a company that you've recently formed called Accountability Inc. So I like to, in this alchemy concept, uh, because the name of the show is Alchemy, my name of my company is Alchemy. It's all about having this formula, all these different components that make this magic potion that works for you. And you were, and you were saying that as on the first segment, for your kids or for, I'm sure, your clients, everybody's different. Everybody has different passions and elements. So for you, how have you taken this learning of building companies and then this leadership practice that you do into courageous and accountability. So let's talk about molding those together, if we could, and how you've made your own alchemy of these things in your current work. Well, I, look, I think the way I look at it is uh, accountability and courage are prerequisites for anything that you want to do. They're prerequisites for change. They're prerequisites for being uh, for leading a company. I mean, you, when you look at what's happening in the world of business today. I mean, companies are dying and companies are getting disrupted. I mean, the what is it? Fifty two percent of the Fortune 500 companies from 2000 are now extinct. I mean, in that's two decades, yeah, that's nuts. Wow. In two decades, we've lost over 50 percent of those companies that were on the Fortune 500 list. And, the, and you know, you, companies used to stay on that list for 75 years. And so we're just in this uh, and there's such a lack of courage. I mean, we could get into the into politics and to society but there's such a lack of courage in, in society today. Right. And, and so I think customers and, 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 and our, and our, you know, in our businesses, our customers are demanding that are starting to demand that you be accountable there, that you be responsible, socially responsible. I think, you know, as, as, as we see this sort of this climate that's happening now, courage and, and, and accountability can really be your, your differentiation. It can be it can be the thing that sets you apart from your competition. It can be the thing that's sort of your X factor. And I think what what we want to do, you know, at Courageous and at, at Accountability Inc. is help companies um, figure that out. Figure out where their pain points are. Figure out what their fears are. Figure out what is is you know we Steve, you and I we're, we got a little bit of gray hair. Um, you less than me, but. You know, we've all seen companies. I mean, you, you've seen companies that you've worked in probably in the companies that you've coached that are just per, they, they're in this state of paralysis. Yes, correct. 
right? And, and, and that paralysis is because there's fear. There's fear of making decisions. There's fear of making that 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 purchase that that for that equipment. There's that fear of maybe moving that person out because they're the top salesperson, but they're they're and they're a jerk to work with. But their numbers, their numbers are really good. So you know, there's a there's fear of sometimes doing the right thing and the thing that's necessary. And so my job, I feel like, is is a fear fighter. My job is to go out there and show them and give them a process to make decisions uh, that take that fear out of, of, of that decision-making. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I know processes are so important and whether you're writing for blogs or Inc. Magazine or you're writing books where I want to show your book in a few minutes and talk about that, processes are so crucial and accountability. And in, in, in some cases, it almost seems like that's in opposition to courage and following your gut and uh, you know all of that stuff because you have to have instinct and you have to be right brain, left brain. So how do you, when you go into companies or with your clients, how are you bringing up both of these crucial topics to highlight to, with them, like on a scale of one to 10, how they are on courageous uh, leadership from their perspective or their teams, and then on accountability, how are you using your own processes to uncover that within somebody? And then what processes can people go to, to right now to start taking action on either of those categories? Yeah, great question. I think I'll start with this. Like courage is 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 a concept and as a as a word, I think is often misunderstood, right? And I think people often think, well, courage doesn't apply to me. It's it applies to that fireman that's running into a burning building. It applies to that police officer. It applies to that fighter pilot or that soldier. And and we think that 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 we can't be compared, uh, or you know, that guy jumping out of the airplane. You know, we we just don't. We don't equate it to ourselves. Number two, we think courage is really risky, right? And and we're risk averse uh, typically. We're not wired right. yeah. for, for risk, right? Um, we also think that courage is 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 impulsive, right? We also think that courage can't be taught. So there are all these myths that are, are surround that surround this concept and this word. And what we do is when we talk about process. We believe if you have the knowledge, faith, and action part, if you have all of these three, these three components of what we call courage, the, then, then you can take the risk, you can take the fear, you can take the, the, the impulsiveness, you can take the, the whole idea that, that, that courage doesn't apply to us and actually make courageous moves in your company and in, 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 in some ways your life. But let's apply this to a company. So what do, I, what do I mean by knowledge, faith, and action? Knowledge. Knowledge is, do I have enough knowledge to make a decision? You know, do I have the, the stats, the, 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 the data, the, the uh, right team in place? Do I have whatever the elements of that decision-making are? Do I have all of that? And you know, am I confident that this is the right decision? Right. Right. Okay. If I've got that and I've got all that and I, I say, yes, I've got the knowledge. Now, do I have the faith? Now, the faith is not religious faith. It's the, it's the belief that, and do, does my team believe in this decision, right? Is everybody or most of the people behind the decision that we're going to make? And are they going to implement it? Are they going to drive it forward? Are they going to move forward with it? Are they going to be all in to make this work? Number two, that's faith. And then the third part is where a lot of, is where we often get the paralysis, which is the fear part. And the fear part is, and, I, and I'll give you an example. I was just working with a big, uh, a big hospital system, and 
and they 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 had this piece of equipment that they needed. They had the the data on the equipment. They knew it would save lives. The the staff wanted it. In fact, some of them had gone out on their own and gotten trained up on this machine. But the board was wishy-washy and it took them 18 months to make a decision. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, That's a little excessive. <laughs> right. And people died in the meantime. Oh, man. Oh, by wow. using yeah. equipment. So, uh, but the paralysis was, well, this is a million dollar machine. Uh, you know, I, this is a big expense right now. Right. And so we, we've got to get, we, you know, we've got to get them past that, that, that the fear of making that big purchase. So they, they got stuck on that. And that and, and our job is to help them see that they've got the knowledge, they've got the faith, make the purchase because it's, you know, you've got all the elements on this other side that are going to help it make, make it work, make it worthwhile, make the process um, less, that makes it less scary if you're paying attention to those other elements. So that's what we do. So we, we, we talk to companies, we work with companies on getting that knowledge, faith and action in place as a cultural thing. And that helps people make those decisions. That's awesome. Well, I love that knowledge, faith and action, and then having a process. And those can apply to all areas, whether it's buying a million dollar machine to save lives in a hospital, right. or it's your own life where you're in a relationship that isn't working and you need to have the knowledge or faith or action to do something about it, to make it better, or you're doing a startup, or you're looking to in implement a new marketing program or cut costs. That Those three things, knowledge, faith and action, although general, are very specific to things once you look into them. Well, and right. So if you know that those are the three elements of decision making, right, and you know where you're so so what happens now is people don't often know where they're stuck. Right. So now if you put it to do we have the knowledge, do we have the faith, do we have is there an action plan? If if you get stuck somewhere in this in this process, at least you know where you're stuck. Right. 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 Exactly. And you can do something about that. It's right. like That's on a map when you're in the, at a, you know, a mall or a amusement park and you have the map and it says you are here. If you don't know where you're at, you can't know where to go to the next thing. So that assessment of knowing where you're at in those knowledge, faith, or action, or how deep you are or not in each of those categories is key. I'm assuming right. that you talk about some of this in your two books, and we're going to have a break here again in just about one minute. But uh, Aaron, my producer who's on the show, uh, Aaron, if we could pop up maybe uh, Rhett's books before we sign off, and I want to talk about those when we come back. But this knowledge, faith, and action topic and also uh, working through entrepreneurial things. I know that Rhett writes about in his books, whether you're an entrepreneur, and I know he also coaches and consults with corporate companies and different organizations. These principles apply. So I think you have, uh, what was the first book you had about frogs? It was uh, a, a million frogs or something like that? One million frogs. I, I, it's a great, it's a cute story about that. And, and I don't know if we have time, but uh, that name came from um, a meeting. I, I, I was beating up my head. I was beating my head against the wall in, in the toy company. It was probably our first five weeks or six weeks of owning the company. We had four employees and we were trying to do this sophisticated SWOT analysis of, of uh, you know, how we were going to move forward and what, what our challenges and our weaknesses and our strengths were. And it was just going completely over everybody's head. And now, you know, these are these are folks that that uh, had never been asked in their lives what what their bosses thought. They would never been asked, you know, for help in trying to move a brand new company forward. And so, you know, we were trying to use these sort of way over the top sort of consulting thing, you know, uh, tools. And I and I got kind of frustrated, and I kind of just said, you know what, guys, I just and I wrote one million on the on the whiteboard, and 
I said, I want to sell a million frogs. <laughs> and, you know, lo and behold, that was a simple, clear, and they laughed their heads off, but it was a simple, clear goal of what I wanted, what, what we wanted to happen, right? Right. Right. It was a clear goal. Let's sell one million of these, uh, of these, of these uh, kits, and you know what we did? We sold multi, we sold millions and millions and millions of them. That was beside the point. But it 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 gave clarity to the mission, and and it was an accident. It was out of kind of frustration, but that's the title of the book, and it was sort of our journey to get to one million is what that book is about. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, a million frogs and clarity to the mission. We're going to come back and talk more about that. So if any of you ever felt like you jumping around with a million frogs, or one of my mentors, Brian Tracy, wrote a book called Eat That Frog. That's right. Uh, we're going to come back and talk more about frogs uh, and clarifying your mission. So stay tuned. Thank you, Rhett. We'll be right back, everybody. Welcome back to the Alchemy of Business show with Mr. Rhett Power. We were wrapping up the last segment talking about frogs, believe it or not. And we're going to carry on talking about frogs. Uh, the reason that came up is one of Rhett's books uh, it was called A Million Frogs. And he has another book about entrepreneurial's taking action steps. So a lot of people on these shows, of course, want to know what action can I take to make progress in my life or business? So we're going to talk about that. So we've got Mr. Rhett Power back. So, Rhett, let's jump back in. And you were telling us before the break about how you were brainstorming with a, a client uh, in a, a room and you just kind of was trying to get their attention and wrote up, let's sell a million frogs. So let's talk about how the book came about, Million Frogs. And then let's talk about your other book as well, that's uh, your more recent one about the uh, the action steps that entrepreneurs can take. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, the you know the book came about because we were we were trying to, to sort of set the mission for, for our new company, Wild Creations. You know, we had the staff in the room and and uh, it was a young staff, uh, you know, mostly uh, people who uh, we could afford and, and people who uh, had never really been brought into and asked their opinion on how to make a product work or how to make a, a company grow. And so it was it was uh, it was a ragtag team. But, you know, the the whole thing was when we wrote that one million frogs up on the when I wrote one million frogs up on the board and you know, people laughed and thought it was funny, but it clicked in my mind at least. And I think for everybody else that that was our number. That was what we were going to shoot for. That was our goal. Uh, and it gave us clarity of, of purpose and goal. And, um, and, and we ended up selling millions and millions of them and, and, uh, people didn't laugh so much, but it, it certainly did at the very beginning, give us a little clarity. And clarity is key. So when people, um, a lot of times I find some of the people I work with, they have clarity, but they don't know how to execute and take actions. And sometimes I have people that have really, really big dreams, but they're so broad, they're not clear about it. So as you were talking about in one of the first segments about knowledge, faith, and action, and how to determine when you're in those categories, how do you help people clarify, A, if their mission is big enough, and then getting clear on it, and then when and how do you help them start getting into this baby steps or the big steps about taking actions? Like, how do you help them decipher those things? 
Well, it's got to be simple, right? It uh, we've got to we've got to start with simplicity. And if if a, a goal is too complex, if if it's too ambiguous, if it's too broad, and people don't quite understand how the things connect, then uh, we always have to start in trying to to simplify that and to get. I mean, just like one million frogs up on the board, it's got to be that simple. Now. Obviously, there are a lot of blanks to fill in there, but that's got it's got to be something that clear, that that simple, that understandable. And then in the in the in the in the second book that you wrote, which is called is it called Entrepreneur Steps Action Steps for Entrepreneurs? Yeah, Entrepreneur's Book of Actions, right? Yes. So in that, what prompted you to dig deeper in? I mean, obviously, if you're going from a million frogs, which is like what the hell is a million frogs, to then getting really specific, those tie really well in together when, now that we're talking about them. But how did you get into understanding that you wanted to write a book about the action steps in the book? And what were some of the key ones that you find people are lacking the most in taking action? Uh, you know, the book came about, it was, it was really a book that I wrote. It was sort of cathartic to write because I, you know, I spun my wheels as a new entrepreneur for a couple of years. And, and I got to the point where uh, I wasn't exercising right. I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't doing the things like my, I wasn't doing the hobbies that I, that had made me really happy. I wasn't doing the things that made me, me. And, and I wasn't doing life very well. I was, I was very absorbed into the, the, the company. And we were also as, you know, we were working in the company, we were driving the vans, we were doing deliveries. We were, you know, uh, burning the candle at both ends. And, um, you know, at some point we had this sort of genesis of we got to stop. We got to take a time out. The business is getting, we're getting, you know, we're at our sort of wits end because we're spinning our wheels a lot here and we're not growing and we're not moving as fast as we can. Why is that? Um, and that took us a, probably a year and a half or two years of sort of running and burning the candle at both ends, running a, a, a million miles an hour to stop and say, what are we doing wrong? You know, and we're running out of money. Um, we've got to close this thing if, if things don't change. And what we realized was that we spent so much of our time working in the business and not on the business and not being, not playing our real roles in the business, you know, as a president and CEO, we're at a partner in this. Um, we needed to step back and we needed to, to be strategic. We needed to think big. We needed to do the strategic things, the sales part, the relationship part that we needed to do to grow. And when we stepped back and we did that and we stopped driving across the country to deliver uh, aquariums and we stopped, uh, doing all those little things. And we hired some, we brought some more people on, we trained people. Then we started to grow. Like we instantly, I mean, almost in, within a few months, you know, we had an account with, uh, um, Brookstone and we had accounts or, you know, we started to see this massive growth. I mean, we, we honestly see even in a five month period, we went from like a hundred thousand dollar company to a $10 million company. Wow. Wow. And that just kept growing because we kept working on the business. And so I wrote the book to sort of talk about those, all those pain points that I went through. Mm -hmm. Right. Learning to say no, managing myself, 
the sleep and the, the, the eating and the health and the, and the taking the time, you know, stopping work at a certain time so that you can have, you know, family time. And, and, and so these were the, the, this book is about those lessons that I learned that ultimately made me a better entrepreneur and a better leader, a better manager and a better, you know, uh, a better person. And so that's what this, that's what entrepreneur's book of actions is about. It's about those little things and, and what you, the book is unique in the sense that it's not, it's a 300 page book, but it's not something you just sit and read at one time. It's actually a book that you read every day for a year. And I give you this like little tidbit every day to think about and to work on. And I make you get your notebook out and write things down and, and, and analyze your actions and analyze yourself. And it's a day, it's a book of actions every day that are going to help make you better as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. So it's like a workbook, reading book, step-by-step and apply. And here's on the screen for those that are viewing, uh, you can see this for those that are listening, you can, but you can connect with Rhett. We have one more short segment coming back on, but to make sure if you're signing off early for any reason, Rhett is at rhettpower.com and it's R-H-E-T-T and then the word power.com. And you can see his books on there, The Entrepreneurial Book of Actions and The One Million Frogs. Uh, you can sure you get those on Amazon as well. Uh, we're going to come back in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk about this uh, multi-world of creation that Rhett does with doing good work and volunteer work in coaching, consulting, writing. He's also become a TV celebrity that we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, and he's got this uh, show that's going to be coming out very soon uh, called uh, Four Days to Save the World. So if any of you want to find out how to save the world, please come back with Mr. Rhett Power, and we will be back here on The Alchemy of Business. Thank you. Welcome back to the Alchemy of Business. We're here with Mr. Rhett Power. We're coming into the last last stretch here of the show. We've got a, a, a few minutes more with Mr. Rhett as we're going to pull his time. This is a global traveler that usually is in Brazil, traveling the world. He happens to be in the U.S. Uh, at, on our own time zone right now, so I'm lucky enough to have him on the show. But we were talking about some of Rhett's books uh, here that uh, we talked about on rhettpower.com, uh, his uh, Million Frogs, and also Action Steps that Entrepreneurs Can Take. Uh, and I want to come back and talk, and uh, for those that you can see the screen here, you're seeing it again, the Book of Actions, Entrepreneur's Book of Actions, and then A Million Frogs. But he's also got another project that he's been working on. It's a little bit uh, under the radar at the moment. But Rut, can we talk just a, a few minutes, uh, a, a quick minute about the four days to save the world? What's this show all about? Well, wow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's ambitious. Uh, the... Uh, the whole premise is that, that, you know, there are the UN development goals, which you may or may not have heard of, but it's things like climate change and cancer and uh, reforming education and curing cancer and reforming education globally. And uh, a bunch of the big world problems that, that just plague us uh, constantly and plague us globally and challenge us globally as, as a human race. Um, and, and so, the show's premise is that you get together uh, scientists and entrepreneurs and young people and, um, you know, our team was made and you put them in teams and you, you let them attack one of these problems. And I was on team cancer 
and because I think we've all been, uh, we, every one of us has been impacted by, by cancer in some way. And I felt like this was a, a problem I'd love, I wanted to be involved in. I wanted to be involved in that team. Um, and we just had a, an amazing uh, cancer uh, team. We've got three people who have cancer, uh, two people who are living with it right now. Wow. Um, on the team. So many families affects everybody it really does. Uh, you know, one seventeen. we had a 17 year old who is dealing with a rare form of, of, of cancer. Uh, so we had this unique blend we had three teenagers on our 10 person team. So we had just about every group sort of represented and all those voices. We had a doctor, we had some coaches, we had some, uh, you know, some other entrepreneurs and, and I think we came up with a really, really good solution um, to help attack cancer and help solve that problem globally. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. We had four days to, to put ourselves in a room and try to solve this problem, come up with a unique solution that could get funded. And so the, the idea is the team that, that the teams that have the, the winning ideas uh, will actually go after crowdfunding. We'll actually go after uh, venture capital and, and capital to sort of try to, to launch these businesses and, and, and attack these diseases. And these, wow, problems. that's amazing. What you, you go from toys to terrorism, to helping cure cancer. You are quite the uh, well-rounded man there. I hope, so. I hope there's a Nobel peace prize in there somewhere. If we, if we yeah. saw cancer. By the time I interview next, I'll be scrolling through your bio and I'm sure it will be there. No doubt about it. Well, I, don't, I don't know, but that's not what I'm aspiring, but, but you know, it, uh, it was fun and it was, it was, I learned a lot about the disease that I didn't know. And I learned a, a lot about the research and the things that the, the pharmaceutical companies and the, and the researchers are trying to do, um, you know, and then, you know, the question is, can we take that technology and can we put it into a business that it, where it benefits everybody, right? That these, that these solutions are affordable, that these solutions um, really help not just people in wealthy nations, but they help everybody. Globally. Everybody globally. Yeah. Which I know you're all about. You're, you're all, all to help in every man and woman at every level. So I applaud you on that. Where, where can they watch the show and when will it be out? Uh, they can watch it on Apple TV, Amazon, all those Roku, uh, uh, on all those, uh, I have to confess, I don't watch a lot of TVs, but it's on all those streaming platforms. Okay. All those, all those platforms <laughs> that you get, like so many things that pop up and go, which channel am I going to watch? Well, again, we'll uh, have MrRetPower.com on these uh, show notes, and we'll remind everybody on emails when we send this out. We have just uh, two more minutes, Rhett, before we got to wrap up the show. But as you know, um, uh, and not everyone knows, but I've written a book called The Iggy Principles. And The Iggy Principles, and you're well aware of it, you helped me uh, do some promotion and some endorsement of that, so thank you. But The Iggy Principles plays up on the opposite of ego. And Wayne Dyer so eloquently talked about ego as edging God out or edging good out. And I always resonated with that. So I always have this mantra for many, many years uh, about what's the opposite of that. So for me, it was inviting good in or inviting God in or inviting greatness in. And you're doing a lot of that work already in many of the things we've talked about on the show today. So for you, what is your G, uh, inviting G in? Is it God? Is it good? Is it grace? Is it What, what is your G? And um, how are you incorporating that into your business and personal life these days in, in your work? Uh, that's a wonderful question, Steve, and, and one that, that, that you actually really led me to think about a lot more than I've ever thought about it. Um, and I, and I'd have to say good because I think good is the, the essence of God. Good is the essence of great. Good is, 
Um, and, and when you try to be good and when you live good and you live um, and you and you act in a good way, um, you allow God in, you allow greatness in, you allow uh, good things to happen. And so I think that for me, it's good because that's I, I guess that's what I try to be. Um, and that's the way I try to live. Um, so well, that, you are definitely you are definitely doing that. Your good reigns through you. So from all the stuff that I know about you, the stuff we've talked about on the show today and the work that you're doing, inviting good in is you're going to be your middle name there, Mr. Rep Power. So uh, I want to thank you very, very much for being on the show. Uh, very inspiring. And we'll definitely have you back again. And I'll make sure everybody's getting these notes and updates on your accountability, Inc., uh, your courageous work, and also the new show when it comes out. We're gonna want, we're definitely going to want to find out how to save the world in four days. Uh, and it sounds like you're on a good track to do that. So thank you, Rhett. We appreciate it. We're going to make sure we have your website and everything in the show notes for people to reach you. And for those of you that listen today on the Alchemy of Business, we appreciate you tuning in, whether it was audio or video. Uh, we will be on more shows ahead. So stay tuned and thank everybody and keep finding your own Iggy. Have an awesome thank day. Thanks, everybody. And that concludes this episode of The Alchemy of Business with your host, Steve Rogers. If you found value in today's broadcast, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing with friends, and leaving a review. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Thursday for another episode. Be blessed and see you soon.